right. Hello, everyone. It's once again the Saturday DFS pod on a doozy of a week because it's riddled with good teams. Uh, obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars being at the forefront of that discussion. On the bye, I mean, if you got a season-long team, uh, TJ, I'm here with TJ Hernandez, by the way. I'm Matt Harmon from Yahoo, yada, yada. You know that already. Uh, already. But, like, TJ, uh, I've got one team where I went from starting Dalvin Cook and Najee Harris to, like, Jesus, should I think about starting Malcolm Brown or Devonta Freeman this week? Like that, it's a tough, tough scene out there. Yeah, we're recording this on Thursday and before the Thursday night football game, and we were just sweating the Odell starts the concern, not <laughs> for Odell, but because I might need to start Donovan Peoples Jones. So that's that's where that's the part of the season we're at. But that's what we got DFS for, so we don't have to worry about those guys. Exactly. We don't have to worry about all those goofballs, although we will be talking about some of these goofball running backs mm-hmm. that have popped up later on. Uh, but anyways, TJ, we have to address the most important matter at yes. hand here. I owe you a six pack because uh, I let you cheat on the Ricky Seals Jones bet that we had last week like a freaking idiot. If you call I, if you call being a fantastic gambler and setting a great line cheating, then yes, I absolutely cheated. Depends on who you ask. I think <laughs> whether <laughs> depends on who you ask when what the answer to that question is. Yeah, tough scene for me. Uh, what did he come in at? Fifteen point nine percent rostered. Fifteen point nine percent rostered in the Yahoo Baller. Um, a little salary that the people uh, juicing up that that game flow overall. Yeah, had a pretty good read on it. I mean, I Matt, I, I I had an unfair advantage. I literally make projected rostered rates as part of my job. So I I, I would okay. say. I would say you were you were uh, on the wrong side of that, but I mean we'll we'll keep it easy. We'll stick to a to a nice domestic six pack, you know something right, well, in the, some, something in the fourteen dollar range. I mean, what are we what are we what are we doing here? Do I just got to Venmo you or like uh, do do you're gonna wait? Till no, I no. See we're, you we're, next. Yeah, we're I'm I'm making you. We we I forgot this part. The the six pack can be cheap because you're gonna be spending gas money to drive down to San Diego to hand deliver it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll be there in February. You know that. <laughs> yes, so uh, yes. maybe maybe I'll just do it in there. And uh, I'm not spending gas money on that trip. But that's another <laughs> that's another story for another time. Um, I will say this. Shout out to me on the Ricky Seals Jones thing. I nailed his fear. You know, I do feel his forecast every single week. And I did tight ends last week. I literally nailed on the dot his yardage and touchdown wow. total. I had a few people tweet at me about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, congrats. I got like one out of a thousand uh, that I do every, <laughs> every season. So like no congratulations needed on that. But uh, yeah, Ricky Seals Jones will remember him forever just for this. But anyways, TJ, coming into week seven, any sort of general thoughts besides how much of an idiot I am uh, that you'd like to you'd like to unveil for us here at the top? Sure. I, I did some diving into um, Yahoo salaries now, now that we have a, a seven-game sample. And, and we've kind of been eyeballing this thing with players like Patrick Mahomes, like Derrick Henry, um, mm-hmm. and, and saying, you know, when, when they get up to $40, are they worth paying for? And I'm going to get into this a little bit later with uh, some of the guys that I, I do like paying up for. But we've seen a trend now that we have a, a six-week sample that compared and and we've talked about this before comparing salaries just to other sites to find value to understand where you should be allocating your salary across positions yahoo has been very aggressively pricing up the players like derrick henry but but derrick henry is kind of an outlier but their quarterbacks they're say top five or six quarterbacks top five or six Mm -hmm. receivers if we look at percentage of salary compared to other uh, positions especially in, in cash games it is very prohibitive to play these Patrick Mahomes types, to play Devontae Adams, even though they're great standalone mm. plays. They're so expensive compared to your percentage of salary that we haven't seen these players in winning GPP lineups. Um, mm. Like you can get Mahomes, you, you can play a, an expensive quarterback, but you're really enough to make some concessions. But we just aren't seeing these players priced above. a lot of times it's either been a very cheap contrarian quarterback um, with some of these chalkier expensive plays or these mid-tier quarterbacks in this $34, $35 range. So if you're playing a tournament like the baller, uh, I I would just warn against looking at someone like Mahomes and saying, yes, he's expensive, but his teams expect to score 35 points. He scores all these touchdowns. It's it's worth it. Um, We really need to be thinking of 
tournaments, especially in DFS, in terms of the overall ceiling of our lineup and and um, how much salary you're spending at one position really plays into that. So if you look at my stacks article this week, you'll you'll probably notice a a variance in, in the trend of the the players and the types of especially the quarterbacks that I'm suggesting this week. Interesting because. So you're saying kind of that $38 range and above is your is, is your it, cutoff point yeah, is when you start to think okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and I mean and you can use them, but yeah, that's where we start getting towards like that that 20% of your salary um is where it starts getting really tough to be able to uh to maximize your ceiling across the entire lineup. Okay, yeah. So for the people out there this week, those players include Patrick Mahomes, Derrick Henry, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson. I think there are a few enticing plays right below that but we'll talk uh we'll talk a little bit later Absolutely. about that let's jump right into the positional yep. uh situation you mentioned 35 dollar quarterback your first suggestion here uh jalen hurts at 35 dollars kind of in that sweet spot that we've been talking about and because those, those other guys are just so expensive uh jalen is going to give you at the very least the floor and possibly the ceiling of uh some of these other passers there's only two players in the league that have scored at least 20 yahoo points in every single game that they've played this year Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Uh, Hurts leads the league with 82% of his total offensive yards. He's one of three quarterbacks that's accounted for at least 87% of his offensive touchdowns, combining passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. And this game is one that uh, people might people might look at the team totals and say, oh, we want the Rams, we want the Chiefs. Um, but if we look at the Raiders and the Eagles, over under just under 50 points, 49 and a half with a spread of just three points. So if you look at these high total games, it's really the one that has a close spread. So maybe arguably the best in game environment just because they might keep it really close. Uh, Philadelphia, so a lot of people surprised, maybe top five in neutral passing rate. So Jalen Hurts obviously getting it done with his legs, but in neutral game script, they are letting him throw it quite a bit. So I like Jalen Hurts. I actually just like the Eagles a lot this week. I don't want to get into like go down the road here on a like a long Eagles discussion, but I've been talking about and thinking about and watching, unfortunately, watching this offense <laughs> a lot this week because I've been yeah. looking into Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. It's just such a weird weird offense like i compared i was actually on um uh move the line with uh for yep. your buddies of four yes. four uh last night and basically i compared it to they're kind of running almost like philip rivers's colts offense with nick sirianni last year but like mm-hmm. jalen hurts is the quarterback it's right. so strange they have all of the they have so many screens i mean it's exhausting if you sit down and watch the film on the eagles offense and, and you don't come away like just never wanting to see a screen pass again I, I i'll be surprised we obviously know they don't run the ball with miles sanders like it is a very strange offense but and, and so part of me i guess worries that like at some point the floor is just going to fall out from Jalen Hurts. But I mean, as long as he's running, I guess that's not really too much of a concern. And I agree with you, though. I really like this game environment for fantasy a lot. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting um, exercise in real football versus fantasy. Because yes. if, if you are playing fantasy, um, all we're talking about is how Jalen is everything that, that we expected because he is hitting that 20-point mark every week. If you're watching any major network uh, morning talk show, all you're hearing is how bad Jalen Hurts is and how yeah, bad this offense is. So, well, and um, both it's, things it's can be true. I mean, yes. I think he probably has the biggest gap between his real-life football output and his fantasy output here. Like, this is just a ginormous gap uh, between those two things. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it is a very strange, strange situation. You mentioned team totals, the Rams. I went with Matthew Stafford as my high-priced quarterback this week. Obviously revenge game here the double the double triple sort of weirdo revenge game between these uh these two quarterbacks but i mean stafford just uh, the one thing that's encouraging to me about this and i know you have daryl henderson as your running back pick and i'm i mean it's 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 hard to go wrong with any of these rams this week you know because the team total is so high the lions defense is so bad and the rams what's encouraging about their passing game is i think we've seen over the last, like, especially against the Giants last week, I mean, they just kept their foot on the gas although the entire yeah. game, despite the fact that they were in control of that thing. That does give me encouragement to use Stafford this week, to play Stafford this week, because they keep their foot on the gas, even in an advantageous matchup where they should be controlling the script throughout. 
Yeah, and, and that that game total that you talked about, um, uh, thirty three expected points is the highest on the slate. Uh, Stafford's obviously um, they they've been throwing it at a high rate, throwing it at a very uh, throwing it very efficiently, and Stafford's priced behind six quarterbacks on um, on Yahoo. So I, I think the again going back relative to that forty dollars that you might be paying for Mahomes, that nine dollars in terms of percentage of salary is a huge discount. And with the Rams, we saw it last week, that you don't have to be necessarily either or. If you're playing the passing game, it doesn't mean you have to um, fade Henderson and and vice versa. We actually saw in a lot of winning tournaments last week, we saw a combination. Stafford, Henderson, Cooper Cup were were in a lot of the top lineups, just depending on on exactly what tournament you were in. But those, those stacks were near the top. So you don't necessarily in DFS have to be avoiding um, those situations. Yeah, I think that's definitely the type of team to do that. And I, I actually really like the running back quarterback stack, uh, you know, because it just like you're giving, especially in a, in a game where you expect a lot of points scored by one team, you're really giving yourself access to all the touchdowns. And a couple of times, you know, obviously Daryl Henderson scores on the ground and uh, via the air last week, they, you could get that type of situation against the Lions. There's no doubt about that, that that's in play. Your second quarterback, I think people obviously, ugh, but the matchup is certainly right for Justin Fields at $22. It's it's a really tough week for quarterbacks priced under we'll call it under twenty six bucks. Um, I, I think Carr yep. might end up being popular, but there just really aren't a lot of of affordable uh, quarterbacks. They're, they're all priced very appropriately. Uh, Justin Fields is the the matchup is is right. Tampa Bay is probably the most obvious passing funnel in the league. Um, if we look at their schedule adjusted points allowed from four for four, uh, they rank uh, 25th against quarterbacks, 30th against wide receivers, but they're top 10 against running backs. Teams just aren't even trying to run the ball against them. Teams are throwing 78% of the time against Tampa Bay in neutral game script. No other defense is being thrown at more than two thirds of the time in neutral game script. So the gap between them and the field and, and what teams are doing against them is just just monstrous. Uh, I mean, Justin Fields obviously hasn't looked great as a passer. If you are going to take these kind of um, risks and and pay down and and hopefully be in a situation where he'll be able to take advantage of this uh, team that that doesn't have a good pass defense and you can't run against, you're hoping for boom plays. You really need him to to hit splashes, um, score quickly, variance to fall his way perfectly. Over the last three games, the three as a starter. 22% of his passes are deep balls, balls of 20 or more air yards. No other player in that three-week stretch has thrown deep uh, more than 17% of the time. So he's not throwing a lot. They're not running a ton of plays, but when they are, they're trying to stretch the field. They're trying to use uh, Mooney. They're trying to use Robinson. I, I think that will that will start clicking at some point. And our, our little light at the end of the tunnel with Fields, he ran it six times last week. That's yeah. the, the first few weeks. What are they doing? Nine rushes in three weeks. One of those was him. Um, uh, uh, he he had the week where he ran a bunch where he came in not starting, but those weeks where he was starting, just they weren't letting him run at all. So six rushes, not a ton, but if you're going to get six for forty, that's a passing touchdowns worth of fantasy points. So hopefully we see that continue to increase as well. I hope we do. Um, also on the Bears. If I knew ahead of time what their first two drives looked like, I would feel so much more comfortable, right? Sure. And I guess because you could yeah. say that about anybody, but because like if they come out, this team has been so conservative. They've really wanted to establish the run. If they come out and give like Khalil Herbert, you know, three carries and just right into the dirt in their first drive, like forget it. Yeah, it's when when the not. league has when the league has told us when when yeah. six other NFL teams have said you do not run against this team if they stick to their guns there uh, that yeah that's a really good point if can we can we start the slate um six plays in and then we'll, yeah. we'll set our lineups yeah, that would be great. I would really love to know that for a lot of different reasons. But also, it's worth noting, too, uh, Damian Williams might not get off the COVID list mm-hmm. uh, going into this game because I guess Adam Schefter reported he's unvaccinated. So he would have to he the latest he could get cleared is Saturday when this podcast comes out. But um, I don't know if that really moved the needle about the, the game plan at all. But like I said, just please don't try to establish the run against the Bucs. Give me a break. Um, you mentioned it's a difficult 
uh, place to try to find some of the value quarterbacks. I think two players that people will end up looking at uh, is Tua and Matt Ryan in mm-hmm. the same game. 26 bucks for Tua, $25 for Matt Ryan. I ended up going with Matt Ryan in this spot uh, over Tua. I guess my instincts are that Tua might be slightly more popular. I don't know if that really moves the needle that much because, I mean, the Falcons have always just been such an attack uh, attackable defense. We know that. But the Dolphins are so banged up in the secondary. They're also just bad overall. They're coming off a huge road trip from the London game. Uh, can't believe they've got to play a game after playing in London. That's unbelievable. But apparently it was their choice, so uh, that's tough for them. I, I just think Matt Ryan and this Falcons offense is sort of kind of starting to figure it out. Uh, Kyle Pitts has his breakout game, gets the bye. He, we should have high expectations of rest away for him. Calvin Ridley is still ninth in the NFL in air yards per game. Uh, I'm expecting big things for the Falcons offense the rest of the way, and I think Matt Ryan at $25, I mean, he doesn't run, so you're going to need the passing ceiling, but I actually think he does have a pretty high passing ceiling in this game. Did, did we get clarity on, on the Ridley situation, the, the personal reasons yeah. for out? He's officially back. I don't think we know. I mean, we obviously don't know what it is, but he is uh, back with the team. I think he's been practicing, so yeah. there's really no. Uh, I don't think there's any any deal. It was apparently he was very vague about why sure. he was away, sure. but who cares? Like, I think right. he's back, and and we're ready to roll there. Yeah, the the Matt Ryan play is if if you're playing Matt Ryan, um, you're obviously not playing. I don't. I, I think it's obvious that you're not playing him in a cash game situation. He does actually kind of fit the model of what we've seen in these successful uh, Yahoo baller lineups. I, I mentioned we've either seen kind of like that thirty-four dollar range, whether it be a, a Matthew Stafford or a Jalen Hurts, whoever it might be in the winning lineups, or we've actually seen Teddy Bridgewater in two winning baller lineups, and he's kind of like that Matt Ryan, where he's he's going to be in that twenty-five dollar range. Matt Ryan isn't going to give you anything with his legs to win a tournament. You don't need your quarterback to score 40 Yahoo points. Just the way how aggressively Yahoo prices up their expensive players. If Matt Ryan gives you a a three-touchdown, 300-yard game, that's not winning the week for you alone, but it's doing enough to where you can save enough salary to get up to a a Cooper Cup type, Cooper Cup, Daryl Henderson type combo. Um, those are that that's how a, a Matt Ryan play is going to help you in a tournament. You're not playing Matt Ryan with three players from that game. You're stacking him with either Pitts or Ridley and then really filling out your chalky starters around him. I think that makes a ton of sense. All right. We talked about Daryl Henderson, kind of hinted at it already. He is your uh first pickup running back here. Any other thoughts on Daryl Henderson? He's a beast. He's the only running back in, in and people might think Derrick Henry fits into this, uh, but he doesn't. Dar- Daryl Henderson's the only back that has scored double digit Yahoo points in every game this year. Uh Derrick Henry yeah. was um was sub sub 10 in the first game. Detroit's last in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed um two two running backs. They're the only defense that has allowed more than five rushing and receiving touchdowns. Two running backs. They've allowed three running backs to go over 100 yards. Mixon missed the 100 yard mark by just six yards. Last week, Henderson's averaged 75% of the backfield touches in full games uh, this this year. Remember, he he missed some of that. I, I believe it was week two before he, he missed his full game. Um, teams were running at the fourth highest rate in neutral game script against the Lions. And, and going back to that um, idea of being able to play like him with the Cooper Cup in the same DFS lineup, I went through, looked at all non-quarterback fantasy points. Daryl Henderson and Cooper Cup combining for 49% of the Rams' total non-quarterback fantasy points. That's the fifth highest in the league. So basically with that saying, the uh, fantasy points are very concentrated between Henderson and and Cup. Um, Obviously, Stafford's accounting for a huge portion of that, but non-quarterback points. So you can comfortably play them together really in any format. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at Daryl Henderson too, he's just basically, like, he's a top, 12 running back in fantasy i think the rest of the way this daily fantasy price definitely um indicates that and i think it's deserved i think it's definitely deserved my top running back pick is actually leonard fournette bro like i mean (laughs) (laughs) uh and i think i think you could make a case that uh old lenny is a top 15 fantasy back the rest of the way man i mean you look at fournette so far like (sighs) the usage is just great the yeah. usage is great for him. Um, he's been over 60% of the snaps uh, in three straight games. Uh, obviously, he had a huge snap share a couple of weeks ago. And, I mean, the touches were there against Philadelphia. They immediately ran early and often. Um, also, the receiving work. You know, there's still obviously a ton of dump-offs for in the Tom Brady offense generally. Um, but he is routinely getting, like, five, six targets 
it's just at 25 bucks, you're getting a pretty good value there, especially for a team that is favored as heavily as the Bucks are. Um, and Chicago's defense is good, but I don't really think that moves the needle that much for me in this spot. Yeah, if, if this if they were kind of in this situation with this game expected game flow, but the spread was like four or something, I, I think I might be concerned that Tampa Bay doesn't try to run it at all against the Chicago defense. But um, they're favored by double digits. The concern with with any Tampa Bay running back was just the, the timeshare. A lot of people looking at the last three or four weeks, I mean, even going back to week one, he saw 70% of the backfield work, um, over 75% in two of the last three games, and both of those games, 23 touches um, and then 28 touches last week. So in, in a spot where game flow should really dictate, at the very least late in the game being run heavy, um, 20 touches very much in the ballpark for Fournette this week. Yeah, I think every single week, like until his yeah. his value catches up, I think he will be in consideration. Uh, we mentioned Damian Williams earlier. You have yet another Williams here uh, for your for your second running back pick. The the Williams that we know is playing, Daryl Williams, yeah. uh, down at eighteen dollars <laughs> against uh, Tennessee, and and this is a game that people should definitely be trying to get some kind of exposure to in all formats. The over under uh, is just under fifty eight. Kansas City's favored by almost six points. In in a replacement role with Ceh out last week, Daryl Williams twenty four touches, eighty five percent of the toucher. I mean, I th- I think we knew that he was going to get most of the work. I don't think we knew that it was going to be twenty four touches. Uh, that they just really leaned on him, and it wasn't just perfect game script. I mean, they were leaning on him early. They were throwing the ball to him. He had four targets when they got inside the 10-yard line. They were giving it to him near the goal line, three touches inside the 10-yard line. Uh, He's our top running back value on the slate this week. He projects his four for fours running back eight. He's priced as the RB13. So, I mean, it's he he just isn't, uh, his salary isn't anywhere near the workload that we saw last week. Yeah, I mean, my analysis with Daryl Williams, I thought he was the top of the replacement level backs last week. You know, mm-hmm. whenever anyone had a roster question on FFL, it was like Devontae Booker or mm-hmm. Daryl Williams. Like oh, Daryl Williams, because he's playing yes. in the game with the most most likely touchdowns. That game didn't quite like shoot out as we expected it to. I think the Titans could definitely bring it against yeah. the Chiefs. And I mean, to your point, like he absorbed all of the CEH role, but he also kept his own role. Like no one, mm-hmm. there was no Daryl Williams behind Daryl Williams, if that makes any sense. So no, um, definitely. yeah, he, he, he's locked in. He's locked in. I, I I think we could see, I mean, the chiefs are winning. Uh, they're three and three, right. And they, they got it going in the second half. I think we could kind of see the chiefs start going on a tear and start rolling back the, the clock a little bit to 2020. I mean, obviously Tennessee beat Buffalo. They're going to be coming high off of that. But I mean, Kansas City's really only struggled against really good quarterbacks, and they haven't. Uh, Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill hasn't been playing Ryan Tannehill-esque, even though the spread is only five and a half. And again, people coming off that nationally televised game, beating the Bills, everyone's hyping Derrick Henry. I think there's a very real scenario here where the Chiefs just get ahead big, and Darrell Williams has a very similar game to the one he had last week. Yeah, no, I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I'm still not totally sold on the Titans uh, as it is. Team, I am sold on Baltimore Ravens. Running back, I'm not sold on Devonta Freeman, but he is my <laughs> he is my I'm, pick I'm here. excited I mean, to hear this. Listen, if you want to go super cheap, mm-hmm. 14 bucks. We know that there's a lot of dusty running backs available mm-hmm. on the slate this week because of injuries. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of bye weeks. A ton of big-name backs are off uh, the board here, whether it's Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, uh, Austin Eckler, Zeke, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can't even really think about Jonathan Taylor, obviously, because he's not on the main slate. Um, man, uh, Alvin Kamara not on the main slate. Like, we got to make some difficult decisions here at running yep. back, man. And yep. I know that there are some guys here, but, like, Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, uh, as of Thursday, has not practiced this week. I think he has some sort of ankle sprain. I think that Freeman would be my pick over Lev Bell in terms of who is the, like, I think Freeman's basically been the two back for this team all year. I don't think Tyson Williams is suddenly going to reemerge. The Ravens are six and a half point favorites at home over the Bengals. Um, I think they're, I think the Bengals have been frisky this year, but I believe the Ravens are a much better team. And they showed us last week, they're not going to blow out the Bengals most likely like they did the Chargers last week, but the Ravens also showed us last week that they have no problem going back to like the Ravens of old when and if they can. And I don't know of these guys. I think Freeman has the most juice left and which is not saying much at all. But for 14 bucks, if you want to save, I think Freeman makes some sense. I think the, I mean, the, the saving grace here is that they they have Lamar Jackson and they gave 
these three different, as you call them, dusty running backs, touchdown opportunities. I, th- I think my don't make th- me the bad guy here. You you would you said it. You would say it too. Oh well, I I was going to follow it up. My favorite stat from last week was three different running backs scored rushing touchdowns for the Ravens last week for a combined ninety-eight years old. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like not an exaggeration 2016 all over again man you know you how great would you feel if you'd started like a 2016 fantasy draft with uh lev bell Devonte freeman and latavius murray i mean not started but you feel pretty good about that team. yeah and, and if you held them in dynasty to play them in week six in 2021 you're having a great week you're balling. I mean, it's been some tough times in between that, but you're feeling pretty good about yourself, I guess, right now. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to go super savings at running back, I think Freeman uh, makes some sense. But if you don't want to follow me sure. down, I'm going to play. If you don't want to follow, I'm, I'm going to play him. But if you don't want to follow me down that path, I get it. No big deal. Maybe I'm just saying that because I literally have to play him in a few seasons. I think if I think back. if you're I'll throw this out there. I think if you're in, you're going to play a Devontae Freeman, he's the type of play that I think you almost have to play like a Jamar Chase on the other side or pair him with the Ravens defense. Like you basically need a, a perfect game flow scenario for a Freeman to hit. So if that happens, you want a correlated piece to go along with it. That, that, I think that's um, that would be the scenario that I would be looking at if if I did get down there. Yeah, I still see him getting like 15 touches in this game if sure. Murray misses. And I, and I kind of think Murray's not going to play in this sure. game, but we shall see. Let's move on to wide, let's move on to something fun, not dusty running backs, wide receivers. Uh, love that you picked uh, Terry McLaurin here. Before you talk about Terry McLaurin, I have a couple interesting notes about him. Just I dug this up today. Do you know, according to Pro Football Focus, he has 28 contested targets. TJ, would you like to guess who is who is second and how many they have? Ah, <laughs> um, oh, man. Is I'll it give TJ you this. Hawkinson? It, no, no, among wide receivers, it's okay, okay. Mike Williams. Mike okay, Williams. Okay, would you okay. like? He's number two. But would you like to guess how many tar- contested targets he has on the you, season? You said Clarence McLaurin's is twenty-eight. Yes, and he's number one. Number one, and what is? Is it like eleven? No, it's 16. <laughs> okay. It's okay. 16, but that's the gap a is huge. huge. Gap. The gap, the is, gap is huge. Yeah. The gap is ginormous. And I think that obviously, like any goofball out there who's like, we'll separate, he's not getting open. No, there's no correlation between separation and contested targets. It's like the style of the quarterback play. Right. And I, I, w- I would say that maybe there's more, um, maybe more intention to Mike Williams contested targets than Terry McLaurin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I like Terry McLaurin. I, I really love, I think we, we might have talked about him last week, but I really love these post, post-hype post sleeper plays. Um, mm-hmm. He was one of the, the most popular plays at wide receiver last week because everybody was chasing that Washington, um, Kansas City game. Well, I'm not sure if you heard, but RSJ was uh, in 15.9% of lineups in, in the, that game. Um, Terry McLaurin down at 25 bucks. Um, I mean, any any usage metric that you uh, look at, he's he's near the top. Um, yeah. Weighted opportunity, third in air yards per game at 125. Second and four for four is expected fantasy points model over the last three weeks. And, and with that, obviously, um, a big part of it has to do with him not performing in last week's game, but is our top breakout receiver because of that usage uh green bay without jair alexander over the last two weeks they've allowed uh seven completions of 15 or more air yards at the fifth most in the league if they're playing anybody besides the bears last week that number is probably even higher the bears missed some opportunities um against against the packers last week and i like mclaurin um not even just by himself i just think this is a really interesting game to target in tournaments uh i i think aaron Rodgers is just naturally going to be um in in relatively few lineups not because he's a bad play but because there's so many good plays so pairing him opposite an aaron Rodgers stack or using him in a mini stack with Devonte adams or aaron jones um there there's just a lot of opportunity there um and and mccorn he's, he's gonna hit he, he's one of the best receivers in the league his usage is still reflective of that um and and we want to be chasing that when those players aren't popular when their salary doesn't reflect that 25 is, is still very affordable yeah i thought about rogers at 34 uh, as opposed to Stafford. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that makes a lot. I like this game a lot, too. McLaurin's, uh, you know, coming off two slow games. I wish he was a little healthier, but he did was a sure. limited participant with the hamstring injury. But, yeah, I mean, you'll never hear me say a bad word about Terry McLaurin. Um, speaking of hamstring injuries, A.J. Brown is back in our lives as long as he's mm-hmm. avoiding Chipotle. At 24 bucks, man, uh, I think A.J. Brown is is – right up here within this game that we talked about with Tennessee and Kansas city. I am with you. I expect Kansas city to be, um, 
leading in this game and being able to control the action, still think their defense is not very good. And A.J. Brown, like despite the fact that there's all this worry about the snap count, um, he led the team in routes run, 26 routes on 31 uh, Ryan Tannehill dropbacks. And, you know, I also like the way they got him out of the slot a decent amount, 51% of his snaps inside. You know, he's just at his best when he's running those crossing routes over the middle of the field. And I think we're going to get a lot of opportunities for him in this game. I, I think he and Calvin Ridley at like a similar similar price point make a lot of sense. Yep, AJ, I mean, going into last week, questionable with, with the food poisoning or the illness or whatever, the, the Chipotle, the bad Chipotle. Uh, sorry, Chipotle, I'll, I'll still I'll still take a free gift card. Um, still saw 36% <laughs> of, still saw 36% of the team targets. That target share is something we're really looking at. Um, I, I don't know, where, again, we're recording this Thursday, not sure if Julio's practice status throughout the weekend, um, but but a really good chance, yeah, Julio doesn't play or at least is very limited. And the Titans are... Um, when they have a when they have no Julio, they're going kind of like we talked about with the, the concentrated points of the Rams. They're going to concentrate their fantasy points. It's going to be AJ Brown um, and and Derrick Henry. There's not a lot of other players like like Akine might get a couple targets, um, uh, like Ferkser might get sprinkled in targets, but none of these guys are going to get so much usage that they're going to overtake it. So AJ Brown is just going to get all the work here. Um, he he is he's going to be against the Chiefs. What we wanted Terry McLaurin to be against the Chiefs last week. Yeah, I totally agree. I I just love Ridley and Brown priced way down from their preseason expectations because of the way the season's gone. And really, I think both those guys are right back in the position that we thought they'd be in all along because the usage is there for both of them uh, and the offenses are sort of starting to find themselves. Couple rookie receivers for both of our low price guys yeah. and both a couple Alabama receivers as well. So why don't you talk to us about uh, Devontae Smith earlier? Devontae Smith, uh, all, all the things you said about the Eagles are obviously legit concerns. A lot of what Jalen Hurts yeah. does is because of his legs. But in DFS, when we get salaries that are this egregious, we have to be willing to attack them. Uh, the, there's still so much usage going Devontae's way to have him priced as the the wide receiver 30 or whatever it is when he is 12th in expected fantasy points over the last three games, top 10 in air yards, fourth in average depth of target. I mean, uh, yeah, fourth in average depth of target among wide receivers that are seeing at least seven targets per game. Those things tend to come together in really big ways. Like the pendulum tends to swing and, and it usually isn't a trickle effect. Usually all these things come in one big boom game. We're talking about the game environment of this game. Um, I, I really like this to be uh, Devontae's breakout party for the season. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, he is so good, man. Like I mentioned earlier, he is always open and it's just not a very timing based offense with Jalen Hurts back there. Um He's a guy I still have really high hopes for and could obviously have a couple big games this year. Uh, so, yeah, I like your pick of Devontae Smith there. like this game overall. Jalen Waddle too. I mean, Jalen Waddle. Uh, shout out to Dwayne McFarland uh, for pointing this out. Jalen Waddle, when there's, you know, obviously we're all complaining about the ADOT. And yeah. it's 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 worth complaining about. Like we basically got him playing the Jarvis Landry role for the Dolphins, uh, which ne- did not need a, a role that did not need <laughs> reprising. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, did not need reprising. But here we are. Um, but it's worth noting Dwayne McFarland from Pro Football Focus points this out to a to his a dot uh, for Jalen Waddle is nine point one with Jacoby Brissett. It's three point eight. So, I mean, we're at. Even 9.1, I'd like that to be a little higher, but still, we're a little bit higher with Tua than we are uh, with old Jacoby Brissett. And that's not surprising given the way Jacoby Brissett has played his entire career. Uh, But still, the volume's there for Jalen Waddle. The targets are there. I think he's a little too cheap for his target projection here. And I just, again, this is, I think, an underrated game for fantasy. Two bad defenses, um, two bad teams overall, but two bad defenses that could uh, allow some offensive players to shine. Yeah, and if if I think if Waddle has the game that he had last week when half of the country isn't sleeping, we we might be hearing mm-hmm. a little bit more buzz about Waddle. But uh, you know, he has a big game in London. Um, us West Coast West Coasters are, are are barely even able to open our eyes to see it. So uh, speak for yeah. yourself. <laughs> speak for your speak for yourself, TJ. Uh, one thing that is not ever left left my blood is East Coast time rise and grind baby <laughs> okay okay well uh yeah i think waddle's in a really good spot this week and and, and uh i mean parker um does sound like he's coming back but i don't think waddle's usage wanes too much because of that no i i think he's 
a really good player. And he, he's so fast and explosive that at mm-hmm. some point he's going to take these little low ADOT passes oh, and rip a big play. Definitely. Why not against the Falcons' uh, crappy defense? Sure, it could definitely sure. happen. Let's talk tight ends because I think there's a couple of interesting tight end options this week. Uh, your pick here is a, a little-known sleeper people not, might not be aware of. Uh, Travis Kelsey at $28. And this is basically just a, a function of the research I was doing and, and talking about at the top of the show. Um, we, we've often been talking about Mark Andrews and Darren Waller getting the seven, six, seven dollar discount on them compared to Kelsey. And, and um, after seeing the, the multi-week data that we have and, and seeing Kelsey compared to the other positions, this is basically just saying that if you are going to pay all the way up at the position, it makes the most sense to do it at tight end. Travis Kelsey is the tight end one on the slate. He's only accounting for 14% of your salary. If you look at the other positions, Derek Henry, Aaron Jones, both over 17%. Um, We have eight quarterbacks that are accounting for at least 14% of your salary, like Travis Kelsey is. Uh, We even have a defense that is up at 11% this week. So uh, if you just think about it in, in that terms and think about it in salary allocation terms, it just makes a lot of sense the way that salaries are structured on Yahoo specifically this week with so many high-priced quarterbacks to if you're going to get access to the game, if you want one of the most dynamic, explosive players in the game, Kelsey at $28, um, and, and you just think about him in terms of, of relative to other positions, he actually is kind of a bargain at $28. Mm, yeah, I love the way uh, you laid that out there. That makes a ton of sense to me. Um, that said... <laughs> I do. I do like Darren Waller this week. Um, Again, we've talked about this game a decent amount. You like a lot of Eagles guys. I think Waller and potentially even Henry Ruggs, although uh, price wise, I think I'm just there's a couple other guys I'd rather go to uh, over Henry Ruggs. But love Waller in this spot. The Eagles get beat up by tight ends every single year because they don't. they don't really have any good coverage linebackers ever. Um, they're just always getting ripped over the middle of the field. They're, even their slot defense is not very good. Um, you look right now, they've allowed 40 catches to tight ends. That's third most. Five touchdowns are one of the that that's tied for the league lead. Um, so I think this is a a really good get right spot for Darren Waller, who we obviously haven't seen anything close to the volume that he got in week one when he had 19 targets, but still had a really good string of seven, uh, had an eight target game and then five last week. Uh, I do think this is a pretty good spot for Darren Waller to potentially have uh, an eruption game. This this would have been the week for you to uh, wager some beers on me with tight end roster rates because uh, the Raiders are just one of those really interesting teams this week where we have all of these really high salary, uh, explosive offense, but I think they're still going to draw a, 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 a very high roster rate. But then a game like the Raiders and, and Eagles, where they don't really have any players that we're super excited about, but I think people are just going to kind of naturally start finding values there and they're going to get somewhat popular. But I, I do like Waller because I do think that game is going to be somewhat popular. And I think people are going to see uh, the rug stat line last week, the, the, the touchdown, the long touchdown, and, and be excited to pair him with Carr maybe. I mean, the Eagles are really good good at getting pressure up the middle, which is opposite of what the Raiders had to deal with last week. Edge rushers on Denver, Derek Carr, not super mobile, can just step up in the pocket, kind of avoid that. Going to be really hard to do that against a team that gets pressure from their defensive tackles. So with that, shorter passes, not so much rugs, not so much Brian Edwards, should be more Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I think this is that type of game for them. Didn't really work out against the Chargers like I thought it would similar <laughs> uh, to, in that spot. But, well, it worked out for Hunter Renfro, who also had his biggest moment of his life with that hit on special teams. Yes. But uh, that is a totally different conversation. Uh, your second tight end, uh, I was interested in this one as well. TJ Hawkinson isn't super cheap, but uh, when we get close to that $15 range at tight end. I don't think it's necessary. I think you're maybe just kind of throwing away a pick. So $19 uh, is, is still kind of kind of affordable here at tight end. He's fifth in expected fantasy points among tight ends over the last three weeks, but he's 20th in actual fantasy points per game uh, in that same stretch. So he is a breakout candidate himself. I like this play because he correlates very highly with the Rams passing game. I like to correlate my tight ends in my team stack. So if you're really loading up on on Stafford if you're loading up on on any of the Rams you can put TJ Hawkinson basically as a run back in any scenario you can play him with 
Daryl Henderson. You could play him with Cooper Cup, and it, it makes sense. And TJ Hawkinson, looking at the 4 for 4 uh, DFS correlation to tool, he actually correlates very highly with opposing quarterbacks, a 0.43 correlation. If we look at the league average of tight ends versus opposing quarterbacks, that uh, correlation is almost 0, 0.09. Mm. And, and that makes sense. The Detroit gets behind a lot, and the players that they look to when they've been behind have been DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. So um, I, I like this spot a lot against a Rams defense that ranks in the bottom 10 in schedule uh, points allowed to tight ends. There you go. Uh, TJ, by the way, uh, this is just for you, not for the podcast, because this game will be over by then. But Beckham is, uh, will try to play tonight per uh, source, according to James Palmer from NFL Network. So you can okay. go ahead and make your Donovan Peoples-Jones <laughs> uh, lineup decisions while I talk about Tyler Higbee, uh, because I think he is the like the cutoff point of, of tight yep. ends. Like Anything lower than that, I agree with you. I think you're kind of getting a little too cute there. Um, with Tyler Higbee, I mean, he's run around on like almost 80% of Matt Stafford's dropbacks. Like, they also have injuries at the tight end position where I don't don't know that they're necessarily going to be playing another guy behind him. They kind of have to make a decision there um, overall, whether they're going to finally start to bring in this Jacob Harris character as a rookie, but uh, we'll see about that for now. Tyler Higby is getting the opportunity. Um, the Rams have the highest implied team total on the week. Um, you know, he's never cleared more than six targets because obviously they've got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and they run the ball really well with Daryl Henderson. Van Jefferson pops up every now and again. Um, but I think he is, uh, I'm not going to say he's like due for a decent spot, but the usage metrics are there and show that he has a good role in this offense. And for, again, if you're just chasing a, a high scoring game with touchdown potential, obviously the Rams with the highest team total on the board, you, you might be able to get that touchdown from TJ or from uh, Tyler. Higby this week. Yeah, and and at tight end, I mean, if if Kelsey doesn't go nuclear, I mean, obviously we have Waller and Andrews on the slate, um, but but down at that salary, you you're basically if if your tight end scores a touchdown at sixteen dollars, um, a lot of times you're right in the mix. So you don't need a you don't need him to go for for hundred and two. If he goes for fifty and and one, um, you're you're really where you want to be with a sixteen dollar tight end. And and this is the type of game where um a touchdown is very much in the range of outcomes. And they actually I think they missed him on not one. They might have missed him on two touchdowns last week yeah he's been close he's been pretty close uh, for a while now and i say that because i drafted a lot of tyler <laughs> on my season-long team so i know he's been close but not quite there uh let's move to defense and sticking with the rams theme that's your pick this week this one is is crazy to me it's still down at 15 dollars as a 16 point favorite um agree they're yeah, they're they're wild. going to yeah they're going to be in, in an amazing game script they're top 12 in adjusted sack rate per football outsiders uh but their salary is behind six other defenses and i i don't have the full season data in front of me but this week we have two defenses priced over 22 dollars I, I don't know if we've had defensive priced over 20 at all this season so you're not even getting a discount compared to the salary ceiling you're getting a, a discount on an inflated salary ceiling with with uh two two defensive priced over 20 so if you look at it in those terms are a really big uh drop off from cardinals all the way up at 22 dollars you're saving seven bucks to get down the rams all the way at 15 i mean they're going to be very very popular uh because they are so cheap relative to that big point spread but if you're playing any type of 50 50 or, or head-to-head matchup on Yahoo, it doesn't make sense to look anywhere else besides the Rams this week. Yes, uh, I totally agree. They're just so safe for the salary. That's mm-hmm. the thing, right? Like, you know, hey, you know they're going to get a turnover off old Jared Goff there, their ex-girlfriend. That's not going to That's not gonna go so well there. Um, if you want to punt defense, though, New York Giants, 10 bucks, uh, and this is basically a Sam Darnold is bad. Uh, equation here. That's kind of what we're what I'm thinking about with this one. Uh, when you look at this Carolina Panthers team, Sam Darnold has mm-hmm. really started to fall back the last few weeks, uh, which is not surprising because their offensive line we knew was going to be bad going into the year. Um, it has been bad. He's been pressured uh, the second most per drop back uh, on his uh, on the season so far. I think only trailing Josh Allen in terms of pressure dropbacks. And listen, when you could play it, when you could play a defense that is second worst in pressure rate and uh, uh, second worst in quarterback knockdown percentage in the Giants, you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I on the other side, if you are playing against a team that allows um, a lot of pressures and, and a quarterback that has traditionally had one of the higher interception rates in the league, I mean, th- it is the position where you can really save aggressively and not feel like you're giving up too much ceiling or floor like if as long as a defense i mean you never know who could what defense is going to score a touchdown but as long as the defense doesn't go completely nuclear most of your defenses are probably going to 
keep you at least relatively uh, close in, in any format, really. Yeah, this is definitely a, a sack based for they they are not getting a lot of sacks right now, but they're uh, they could do that against Sam Darnold. And I mean, he's just a mistake prone quarterback right now. who's not playing very well. No, no shock there. Um, let's move on to flex plays. Uh, you're actually sticking in the same game for this one. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard on the other side, uh, down at $22. Um, only two running backs over the last three weeks have had a bigger backfield share than Hubbard. Uh, 20.3 touches per game have accounted for 82% of that backfield workload. Carolina is favored in this game. The Giants rank bottom 10 in schedule-adjusted points allowed to running back. So after the first week, maybe we were a little concerned that he wasn't getting the CMC role. CMC on I roll. Uh, IR, now he is getting the full, at least uh, he's this year's 90 percent cmc am i right at least 85 percent 85 85 maybe i i'm roll i rolling at uh i see cmc being on ir i'll tell you that that's for sure yeah i can't um, wait for chuba to be on the falcons next year and get drafted in the third round <laughs> <laughs> that was a mike Jeez. davis stab chuba's a rookie yeah tough scene <laughs> it's so rude to a mike davis man he's finally got his payday just let him be happy. You got guys getting tackled in the backfield as we speak. Okay. So <laughs> Mike Davis is going through it, man. <laughs> Leave him alone. By the way, uh, my flex plays this week is just, I'm going to include that mega expensive wide receiver tier, which yeah. is the $35 guys. Uh, I think Tyree kill Devonte Adams and Cooper cup are all in, um, in monster spots mm-hmm. here. I feel like I'm with you though, that Adams might be the least popular of the three. Uh, you know, we know that the, the Tennessee Titans are so beat up in the secondary. I think that will, and they were already bad. Uh, Stefan Diggs put those guys in a blender. So I think that'll put Tyree kill probably the highest rostered of these three guys. Although Cooper Cup will obviously be there as well. I think Adams might go uh, the least clicked on. And for me, he's kind of been the most tempting one to pick here. Washington continues to blow coverages at an alarming rate. Yep, I, I love that tier because we do have, I mean, unless you're trying to jam in Derrick Henry, we have enough running back value that you could afford it. I, I, I already mentioned how Yahoo is pricing tight ends, and it's just really tough to pay up for um, any of those quarterbacks that are above $35 because they account for so much of the salary. So going to, like, uh, I think if you are, especially like you started with, if you're playing a Matt Ryan, it makes a ton of sense to have, if you're using Matt Ryan, it should be to have one, maybe even two of these wide receivers in your lineup. I, I think that is the only reason you should be playing, paying that far down a quarterback, actually. Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Jalen Waddell, uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Freeman, and D- Devontae and Adams for all, for, all, for all the money. All right, there it is. We don't even need, <laughs> you don't even need to try to build any more lineups. Plug that in. I forget it. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. I'm done for the week. You all are done for the week. Uh, no, all right. Let's talk fades here before we get out of here. That's enough positivity. Let's bring the people down with some negativity. We've talked a lot about this uh, this Raiders-Eagles game, but there is one player you're not interested in here. I, I think that the the Eagles can can pull off the upset here. Um, a, a lot of a, a lot of um, DFS hype is going to be going the Raiders way this week after the way they played against uh, the Broncos. Um, I mean, this is still a team that is just went through a huge coaching change. Um, I, I I do think that they are a team where things can go off the rails. We've already seen that happen, and already mentioned that a defense that can really get after the passer, especially right up the middle, which I think can cause cause Derek Carr um, a lot of problems. Basically a long way of saying, if game script doesn't go perfect, it's not going to be a very good scene for Josh Jacobs. We saw Josh Jacobs lose touchdown opportunity last week to Kenyon Drake, 68% backfield share with the new coach. I think that is worth noting that when they went to a switch after those two games with like 80, 90% of the backfield share, all of a sudden they start rotating in those other backs uh, so I, I think Jacobs is going to be very popular at sub $20, but I really like building around the idea of Eagles pulling off the upset this week. And, and even the Eagles defense is a sneaky play. I mean, yeah, Josh Jacobs looks pretty good to me, but I agree with you, man. It's like they get John Gruden's ass out of there and then Kenyon, they finally remember they paid Kenyon Drake $11 million to do stuff more than just like be their version of Cordero Patterson. Sure. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's a coincidence. No, I don't think it's a coincidence either. I think that is a that is a correlation. Uh, not oh, that is not just a correlation. That is some causation right causation, there, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, I I agree with you on that one. Um, I'm also fading DeAndre Swift at 23. Not that I look look. The problem for Swift is that it like he needs negative game script to thrive. Now right. they're probably going to get it against the Rams, right? Like, but still, I hate. 
I hate counting on that, and I hate counting on it for $23. Uh, I also thought about listing Cordero Patterson as a fade here because he's freaking $23. What, what, what has happened? I mean, it's like from a point total, I get it, but like that, he's not even, he's not even going to play 23 snaps. $23? <laughs> that is a very good point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just that range of guys, like when you're looking at it, you know, Chuba Hubbard's there at 22. I think he projects a little bit better in his particular matchup than uh, than DeAndre Swift does. You know, he, I would rather just pay up the two more dollars to get Leonard Fournette. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. that you can find ways around that even even a little. And then like that's just a group of running backs there. Him and like CPAT, that 23 dollar range that I have not found myself being very attracted to so far. Yeah, and, and Yahoo's half PPR scoring isn't isn't going to be as friendly to to backs like DeAndre Swift. Where like, yeah, he's going to catch a lot of passes. He's going to perform a negative game script. If he doesn't score a touchdown or doesn't get perfect game script, he's even though he's catching balls, he's not going to be able to keep up with these Daryl Hendersons of the world that can just dominate the game because their teams are dominating. So, um, I actually kind of like that call. And another reason why I kind of like Hawkinson as as the bring back in those stacks instead of Swift. Yeah, I mean, like you just look at his last three games. They lose last week to Cincinnati, ultra negative game script. He gets 15.2 daily fantasy points, but it's because he scores the touchdown. It's because he scores the late rushing touchdown. Um, You want to look at a similar result. They lose uh, 24-14 to the Chicago Bears uh, three games prior. Very similar usage, you know, four catches, eight carries, uh, he gets 6.9 points because he doesn't score a touchdown. Mm-hmm, like that exactly. is within the yep. range of outcomes yes. at $23. And yeah, just no thanks at 23. Yeah. And when you're what is a 16 point underdog, whatever it is, um, even though that negative game script has worked for him, I mean, you're, you're getting in danger of like pulling starter territory when the spreads that big. Exactly. So you got to keep yeah. that in, in mind as well. Yeah. I mean, Hey, Dan Campbell sounds like he's about this close to benching Jared Goff. So oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> did you hear the sigh, man? I'll never, that was like legendary stuff. Like he thought about, it, he's like, and he was like, yeah, I'll go. I'm going for it. Yeah. I'm going yeah, like, I'm I'm gonna... throw, let me, let me push him off the cliff <laughs> right before he <laughs> yep. plays his old team. Yep. Let me, yep. let me just push him right out the went cliff. Full, oh, went man. full 300 on us. Uh, yeah. That great reference. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I cannot wait to watch that game just for the, uh, the sake of it. But TJ, that is going to do it for us. If the people found this podcast via the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast feed, tell them about the DSMVP pod. Uh, DFS MVP, uh, including today's show on Saturday, every Friday going over the values across the entire industry. Uh, Mondays, you can catch us doing our our review show every Monday morning. That's only on YouTube, 11 a.m. Pacific time. And if you want a uh, more in-depth GPP look every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're doing a GPP last look show on our subscriber only Discord. So make sure you get signed up for 4 for 4 to check that out. Yes, uh, you can on those particular programs, you can hear TJ juice up Ricky Seals Jones roster ship rate <laughs> so that I can uh, have to hand him a nice cold six pack of a stone IPA when I see him next. Okay. No doubt about that. <laughs> uh, if you did find this podcast via the DSMVP feed, uh, check out the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast. I mean, come on, like we got a great thing going on there. I'm on several shows during the week. Stat Nerd Thursday with Dalton Del Don. Great show. This past week, you still got time to go listen to it, by the way. The games aren't for a while, right? So go check that show out. Um, then I recap all the games with Liz Lowe's a Sunday night. It's a great show with a lot of great people. You should go and subscribe. And while you go do that, you should also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That's at TJ Hernandez. Check out the entire Yahoo family at Yahoo Fantasy. See you next week. We're out. <laughs>